0: Does Deck of Many Things destroy every D&D campaign? Just finished my group session for the night, and I'm feeling conflicted as a DM. To set the stage, this is a level 16 villain campaign where the players are all high ranking mages in service to a pantheon of evil gods, and they started the session attending a dinner party with several other mage NPCs serving the same pantheon. One of the other NPC mages, a trickster cleric in service to the God of Chaos appropriately, has the deck of many things, and he offered to let the players draw some cards. It was pretty clear the players all knew that the deck is some serious shit, but they decided to draw anyway, and everyone's dismay, including my own, the first player to go immediately drew the Don John. If you don't know, this is the card that traps you in an extra-dimensional prison that can only be located by wish, in a state of suspended animation. Needless to say, the rest of the session immediately became about finding and saving the trapped player, and I worked the situation into the story and lore of the world as best I can, reworking some elements of the description to make things flow better narratively. I essentially used DM Fiat to allow the other mages to locate the prison, rather quickly. They got help from one of their patron gods, who have wish to magic. And I added a powerful demon guarding and maintaining the prison, who intended to feed off the trapped players' emotions and souls, so they could have someone to talk to while the rescue was underway. I set up a two-way telepathic link between the player and demon, but the player ultimately declined to interact with the demon. As this was going on, they were making charisma saving throws to stay conscious and aware of their surroundings, again mainly just trying to give them something to do and some sense of agency. After a brief section of the other mages navigating the alternate dimensional plane to locate the prison, they engaged the demon and disrupted its hold on the prison long enough for the trapped player to break free. In all, the player was trapped for about an hour to an hour and a half in total. After the session, the player told us they weren't happy with spending all that time trapped and doing nothing with no way to break out on their own, and I'm conflicted because I feel like I did almost everything I could as a DM to expedite the rescue and I'm not sure what more I could have done in this scenario, short of just totally changing the effect of the card. In the end, the player chose to draw from the deck. They weren't forced. What have you guys' experiences with the deck been like? This is my first time using it as a DM. And I know there are other terrible cards to draw like Talons and Ruin, so this probably isn't even the worst case scenario with the deck, but all the same, I'm left wondering whether to use it again in future campaigns, or just steer clear of it. Here's another story of the deck being used, but this time with a happier ending. I had a player play a chaotic good rogue that was the straight rip of Indiana Jones, and even used a whip, was hands down the best character ever, and to date the only player to resist the temptation to draw from the deck of many things. They just stuck the D-thing behind glass in the museum wing of the party castle. They never even told the party they found it either, which ended surprisingly well for a story involving the deck. This is the story of how the deck finally got used, and how the rest of the party learned what it was. The party was going to play poker during their downtime, and the barbarian couldn't find his deck of cards. He was tearing the whole damn castle up trying to find them. At this point, he decided the rogue might have decided to do the classic rogue thing and steal it. He went to the museum that the rogue had set up in their portion of the party castle. The rogue was in the nearby town talking to the mayor, fishing for the next plot hook, more or less, so unfortunately they didn't get a chance to stop the fuckery afoot. Back to the barbarian. He failed two insight rolls, one to notice the bag was different, and the other to notice there were a lot less cards than normal, and smashed open the case containing the rogue's recently acquired deck of many things. These were just the first of many insight rolls to be failed that night. This was followed by the entire party failing insight check after insight check and playing poker with a deck of many things. Of course, they only know the rules to five card draw, so whenever they decided to draw a card, I had to roll on the deck's chart to figure out what these fools would get. Somehow these lucky ass mother hubbards managed to draw exclusively good cards, and the game went on for two whole rounds before the inevitable happened, and the warlock, who had notoriously shitty luck, drew the void. Since their luck was so up and down that night, I decided to go easy on them. The warlock's soul was whisked away to an urn guarded by a group of powerful archfey that were on relatively neutral terms with the party. Thankfully, they had drawn the moon card earlier, and the bard was able to cast wish to find out what just happened to his friend. The archfey had recently contacted the party to help save their people from a lich's curse, and had promised to grant them each any request within their power to grant. The rogue, of course, had demanded their most valuable artifact to be placed in their custody, so it could be displayed in the museum a detail the Archfey were still very miffed about. The party managed to negotiate a deal where they could have their friend's soul back if the rogue agreed to return the artifact and seek a more reasonable favor in its place. The rogue was annoyed, of course, but agreed, and instead asked them to provide the location of an equally valuable artifact that nobody would mind ending up in her museum. All in all, I thought it turned into a decent mini-arc. About five sessions, they had to find the portal to the Feywild, which moved around a lot, And it managed to hand me a ready-made plot hook for the next arc, in which the party would go searching deep in the jungles of Chult to find the lost treasures of the Ishao, in the Valley of Lost Honor. This of course was just a pretense to get them near the Tomb of Annihilation, but that's a tale for another day. Also, the warlock got to play as the NPC paladin for a bit to keep them from going multiple sessions with no PC to control. Thank goodness I had taken the time to actually build a full character sheet for the pally. That had been a real wrench in the works if I had to make one then and there. And finally, how the deck of many things can result in some godlike changes to a campaign. It was about ten years ago when the party I was in found one. The only two draws I remember were the clerics and the wizard. The cleric ended up getting a henchman that stuck around for years after. He essentially became the fifth member of the party. The wizard drew the death card and easily beat it. His second card banished his soul to another plane. After some work we were able to discern that the location of his soul was in a fortress on the first circle of hell. We get to the location and find out that Asmodeus is there and has been torturing the soul to pass time away. There was a recent mutiny and his second in command had stolen his ruby rod and seized control of the lower levels and taken up residence in his castle on the ninth layer. We had met Asmodeus once before when we were much lower level and had freed him from an arcane prison. He gave us each a wish as a reward. So he struck a bargain with us that if we could retrieve his rod from Nessus, he would return the soul of the wizard. Asmodeus teleported us down to Nessus, and we worked his way into the castle. After some pretty intense battles, we arrived at the throne room and squared off with the pit fiend that had stolen the rod. The four of us defeating the pit fiend armed with the ruby rod was pretty much an impossible task, but Asmodeus had told us that one of us would just need to grab onto it, and then he would teleport that person and the rest of the party within 15 feet back up to him. After the party has almost died, the rogue succeeds in grappling onto the rod, and we are whisked back up to the first layer of hell. Asmodeus reclaimed his rod and returned the wizard's soul. After restoring the wizard, he destroyed the pit fiend and reclaimed Nessus. We were then returned home safe and sound. Asmodeus and the ghost of the pit fiend would continue to play major parts in the campaign. The ghost would seek revenge on occasion and became a major antagonist for a time and my fighter eventually became a champion of Asmodius that wielded a hell-infused version of Black Razor, while leading a cult of dwarven fighters that venerated Asmodeus as their god. That is what A Deck of Many Things did to the game I played in. The Deck of Many Things is a wonder and a curse. Please share your Deck of Many Things stories in the comments below. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel, All Things D&D. Stay tuned for more amazing Dungeons & Dragons content every Tuesday.